It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic were a development outfit this season. They had a couple players that were dealing with injuries or a history of injury that needed to prove themselves. And we saw two sides of that coin this season. We're going to get into some developmental thoughts on Markel Fultz and Bull Bull on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed locked on magic. Today is April 19th, 2023, late on April 19th, 2023. My name is Philip Rosper. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about development and two sides of the same developmental coin. Uh, we'll talk about the season that Markel Fultz had. Now he picked up steam toward the end of the year and the season that Bull Bull had and how he slowed down, and what that says about the Magic's developmental progress, process, or uh, deal. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment, but first we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. I know I'm late today, but that means I'm early tomorrow. See, it works out. No matter when you listen to us, we truly appreciate you making us part of your day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Be sure, too, to download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Record is definitely a sign that the Orlando Magic were better this year. They improved by 12 games. It's hard not to say, hard not to think, hard not to believe that that is a sign of this team's growth. That that is not a sign that the Magic did something right this year. And so, uh, you know, certainly I'm optimistic about this season. I know a few people that aren't, but 
I'm very optimistic about what this team is, is where this team is at, and what they are likely to do, and what comes next down the path. What comes next uh, on the road for the Orlando Magic? It is an exciting time for sure. It is an exciting time for this team, and that is a good thing. We're really, really eager to see what this team does, and and. You know, we've talked a little bit about it. I did an appearance with the close-up Magic. There's a lot that the Magic can do and a lot of paths this team can walk. And it's very hard at this juncture without the draft lottery taking place to say for sure what the Magic will ultimately do and what their ultimate course of action will be. To that point then, though, we have to look at individual players because so much of what the Magic are going to do and so much of what the Magic are going to become It's still about how these individual players improve and grow on their own. The Magic magic are not going to simply get better because they add players in the offseason. That's going to make them better for sure, but those are the final pieces. The big pieces are still their individual internal development. And, And that was something that was front and center and on display throughout the course of this season. The Magic made it a point, or the Magic were just very clearly about the development of their young players. They can only go as far as their young players will take them. And so, the question then, or or the issue then, is how far can these young players take them? And so, we, we saw that development on display throughout several players for both good and bad. And that's where we have to evaluate this season as much as anywhere else. How did the Magic improve? How did the Magic grow with the players they have? And, you know, honestly, there was a lot of positive development. Um, you know, you know, Paolo Bancaro, I thought, got better as the season went on. You know, there are some people, and certainly some Rookie of the Year voters, who might argue that he did not, that he peaked really quickly and then just kind of flattened off. If you watched him every day, you know that was not the case. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Franz Wagner certainly got better as the season went on. But no player probably took a bigger leap or was more representative of the Magic's developmental success than Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz started the year, obviously, on the shelf. Uh, Twenty Missed the first 20 games of the season with the, broken, with the fractured toe. Um, and that kid a lot of his development, a lot of the work that he did this offseason. I, I, I think I agree with a lot of Magic fans when they say and they believe that if Marco Fultz was healthy from day one of this season, the Magic would be in the would have been in the play-in tournament at the very least. I don't know if they would have made the playoffs, but they would have been in the play-in tournament. Fultz really tipped the scales that much. And it was just abundantly clear as the season went on just how much he tipped those scales. There is not a better developmental story in this season for the Orlando Magic than Markel Fultz's story. By the end of the year, game, and those numbers only increased as the season wore on. If you segmented the season by quarter, those numbers only increased. I, I believe we named him our third quarter MVP. He had a very good case uh, to be the fourth quarter MVP as well. So, certainly, Markel Fultz was one of the just great stories of this season. 
100% one of the great stories of this season. But there's obviously still work to do with him. Um, you know, three-point shooting, obviously a big thing. But even there, his willingness to take three-point shots, his, his willingness to know so much about his game and to play to his strengths. Yes, he loved hitting those mid-range jumpers. He got to his kill spots and killed. Took care of business. That's what you ultimately want to see. That's ultimately what you want from a point guard. And, and not just that, he just kept the team at an even drumbeat. Kept the team measured. And, and whatever shortcomings there might be with Marco Fultz, and again, there are. He's still got to improve as a three-point shooter. I think his uh, I think his attention can sometimes wander a little bit. But he just made this team work and go. And as they got better, it's no coincidence that the team started winning more games when he came back. Obviously, having point guards actually helps. But as the team got better, he got better. As he got better, the team got better. And the numbers may not explicitly or expressly show this, but Fultz had a major impact. And by the end of the season, honestly, it was clear who the Magic could lean on and who the Magic could rely on. If the Magic were actually trying to win a lot of the games that they were trying to win, Markel Fultz would have had the ball in his hands a whole lot more. He was their closer. He was their clutch finisher. He was the guy that always rose to the occasion. Of course, uh, you know, the Magic obviously had a better vested interest in seeing Franz Wagner finish games off or Paolo Bancaro finish games off. And that's an investment in the future. But Markel Fultz turning himself into a starting point guard in this league after everything he's been through. To, you know, be the kind of player right now. You know, we said it after the Magic beat the Clippers in LA. The Ma- You know, Markel Fultz isn't just a good comeback story anymore. This is a kid who can play. This is a kid who shows us every day hints of why he was the number one pick. And he may never be that player again. But that player is still in him. And for the first time in his career, he felt comfortable enough and confident enough to show it, to be that player once more. That stuff is important. That stuff is not something to overlook. It's a big deal. And Markel Fultz's season was absolutely a big deal for Orlando Magic team. We don't know what the future is going to hold. We don't know if the Magic do have a better point guard option out there. Maybe they're willing to trade him for that, but Fultz feels so important to this team, to this, to the heart of this team right now, that it's almost unfathomable to think that they're going to find, going to search out another point guard this offseason. In fact, it's almost unfathomable, unfathomable to think that the Magic don't just give Fultz an extension this summer. And that's a credit to the development, the work, and the patience the Magic had, as well as the work that Fultz had in himself to get the job done. Of course, not every development story is a success for the Orlando Magic. We're going to ride the bowler coaster and talk a little bit about bowl bowl season coming up here in just a moment. Out there, the newest, most fun basketball simulation. It's time to talk about Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It's the coolest game that I've played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM. I'm usually wrong, but as it turns out, it's not that easy. 
If you've had the same thought and fantasize about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. And that's in all caps in my copy. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for everything. Dealing with challenging personalities, hiring the right staff and personnel, trading and training players, making the right draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. So play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Magic listeners get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. The code is right there. That's probasketballgm.com, Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Obviously, when you're in a development situation, when you're looking to develop players, you know, you can do the right things. You can give players plenty of opportunity. But at the end of the day, this is a results-driven business. Um, this this business is very much about what you're able to do uh, and, and what you're able to provide on a night-to-night basis. Um, and, and, and it, you know, you hate to be so cold. You hate to be so cruel. But this business comes down to what can... Obviously, winning is winning is of a different priority level for every team. You know, the Houston Rockets want to win, but they're not ready to win. The Orlando Magic want to win, but they're willing to make some mistakes or give guys a little bit of leash to to, to wander off the beaten path a little bit uh, to to help them get better. Like I said, if the Magic really wanted to win basketball games this year. Markel Fultz would have been closing games out, would have been the one taking shots at the end of games. Instead, it was often Paolo Bancaro and often Franz Wagner, and they often made mistakes, mistakes that Markel Fultz does not make. Um, And that's okay, because when we get to a playoff atmosphere next year, hopefully, those are the guys you want finishing games. Um, Winning, though, as you can tell, though, is quickly becoming a bigger priority for the Orlando Magic. And as the Magic got closer to the play-in tournament as they got, you know, at least a little bit more serious about competing for the postseason, competing for one of these play-in spots, willing to give a lot of allowance for mistakes and experiment, experimenting, started to fall by the wayside. And so it's no coincidence that a player like Bull Bull succeeded early in the season when it was just go out there and do what you do compared to, okay, now we need to hone things in. Now we need to focus on what's going to actually help this team win basketball games. That's ultimately what's important, and that's ultimately what kind of got Bull Bull stuck. 
Um, he was not able to do the things uh, that he was able to do early in the season. Those numbers were solid. 9.1 points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game, 54.6% shooting from the floor. Appeared in a career-high 70 games. Previous high was 32. Average career-high 21.5 minutes per game. There's no doubt that we could see the highlight plays and the things that made Bull Bull an NBA 2K darling when he wasn't playing. And honestly, this season was essentially Bull Bull's rookie year. So you had to allow for mistakes. You had to allow him to learn and grow. And in a lot of ways, he did. Bull Bull had a great season. He proved that he could do things on an NBA floor. But his teams got more tape on him. As the winning became more important, a lot of the flaws started to show. Not really interested in passing. He's a, he's a scorer, and that's okay. You need guys like that. But as his three-point percentage dropped, as teams started to, to bottle him up in the half court, as they, as they started to lock him out of, of fast breaks, as the Magic peeled back his minutes to play a fully healthy roster, they no longer needed him in the way that they needed him early in the year. Bull Bull really sh- struggle and show why, you know, not every unicorn gets to prance about and fly. Yes, the highlights were great. And yes, Bull is an exceptionally talented player. And yes, I think we got to give Bull Bull the opportunity to use what he learned this season playing for the first time, to use what he learned to get better in the offseason. We're expecting that he's going to play for South Sudan in, in the FIBA World Cup. He's going to have a full offseason knowing like, okay, this is what it's like to play every night in the NBA. How do I get myself better? He's only owed $2.2 million next year. That is non-guaranteed. I suspect Magic will guarantee that contract. They'll bring him back, give him an opportunity to earn a spot in the rotation. But it ain't going to be handed to him. And it ain't going to be an easy start for him either. And so Bull has got to learn how to play his role. And that was something that just never developed. Credit or blame to the Magic. You could certainly argue it both ways. They stuck with him probably longer than they should because Bull, right now, as most rookies are, are, is not a winning player. Yes, he could do some really fantastic things. Yes, when he has a big burst game, he is really impressive and really exciting and really interesting and a tough cover for defenses. But when he's not playing well, he is a drain offensively. Uh, When he's not playing well, his defensive shortcomings come to the front. He is not particularly strong with his defensive awareness. He's not necessarily looking looking around. He often got lost defensively covering his man. As good of a shot blocker as he is, if he's not guarding the ball, it it was kind of tough to watch him sometimes. And certainly, the Magic probably hung... If the Magic, again, were serious about making a play-in push, were serious about getting to the postseason, Bull probably wouldn't have been playing as much. But that's okay, because this season was about development. And learning these things, and giving, giving Bull the chance to learn from these mistakes, to learn from these miscues, that's valuable too, and not something to overlook. Bull had a really rough end of the season. As good as he was in the first quarter and a half, I guess that's three-eighths of the season, um, as good as he was early in the season, he really struggled late in the season. To the point where, it, I don't want to say he was unplayable, but he wasn't going to necessarily help you win basketball games. If the Magic were in the playoffs right now, Bull Bull would not play. Because teams would target the heck out of him. 
But that's something young players have to learn too. And so we will see whether Bowl learns. And and honestly, like I'm here saying that Bowl Bowl's development was something that went wrong this year, but it only goes wrong if Bowl doesn't take the next step. It only goes wrong if Bowl's peak were those injured injury filled days early in the season. It only goes wrong if Bowl doesn't figure out how to develop himself, and the Magic don't figure out how to develop him into a usable player because he is extremely talented. Extremely talented. But talent is not enough on its own, of course. And that's why Bull Bull is such an interesting case study and such an interesting player to study when it comes to this team. Uh, what we learned from the last last evening, last couple days, uh, in the postseason as we're doing in our final segments here during the postseason, we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. I'm looking forward to going to a play pretty in the next couple months. I'm not sure how I'm going to get tickets, but I know that I can get tickets to whether it's the Pride game tonight, whether it's Orlando City in the future, whether it's the Magic in the future. I know I can get my get tickets to any sporting event or any show in town using Game Time. Game Time is a fast and easy way to easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Game Time has so many great things to add to the experience, including flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They can even give you images of seat views, plus that low lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection in case you need it. It's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country for a reason. So get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and your set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, a kind of boring night in the NBA uh, last night. Obviously, the, the Phoenix Suns coming back to beat the LA Clippers was the highlight of the night. But we got a couple blowouts. We got a couple home teams asserting themselves and, and taking back control of the series. The Cleveland Cavaliers evening their series with the New York Knicks. The Boston Celtics just running roughshod through the Atlanta Hawks to take a 2-0 series lead to Atlanta. Um, the Hawks are a mess. Keep an eye on them, I suppose. Um, but uh, it's... It, to me, I, I, the, the, the statement that I'd like to make, and you know, maybe this is something we need to explore a little bit deeper, but um, the statement that I think has been made throughout these playoffs is that, yes, 
Offenses rule the day. Offense is still really important. I just posted, uh, I, I talked about it a few days ago, but I just posted on OrlandoMagicDaily.com about the Magic's three-point shooting problem. Offenses rule. You got to be able to make threes. You got to be able to play efficient offense. Defense right now in the NBA, for better or for worse, I'm not here to judge, defense right now in the NBA is about slowing your opponent down enough so you can outscore them. And, you know, maybe that's how defense always was, um, certainly uh, under the new rules. That, that's, that's how it's trended. But but uh, this is, this is kind of how defense goes. But the playoffs, everything kind of changes a little bit. And, and I think the big thing that I'm noticing is, is, is a truth about the game that really has never changed. As much as the league has become this spread it out kind of shoot as many threes, shoot as many shots as you can kind of kind of deal. And the playoffs, it still comes down to whether you're going to fight and scratch and claw for that rebound. It's still going to come down to whether you're going to be going to be able to physically stop someone defensively. Um, as much as this league has become an offensive-generated league, the teams that won last night, the teams that are winning in the playoffs, are still the more physical teams. As officials let more go in the playoffs, as they let kind of let the players decide things more in the postseason, um, physicality still really matters. And you're you know you look at Game One between Cleveland and New York, the Knicks housed the Cavs. Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, even on the perimeter, they took it to Cleveland. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen got knocked on their butts. They they looked. I don't want to say scared. I don't think that's the right word. But they looked shook. They looked knocked back. They looked like they took a punch and they took a beating. And the Knicks won that game because they were the more physical team. Sacramento is a great example of how a team can find its physicality because Sacramento was one of the worst defenses in the league all season. They got in the playoffs. They got where they are because they are the best, the most efficient offense in NBA history. But in these playoffs, Golden State wanted to punch them in the mouth and Sacramento was standing up and saying, no way, we're going to punch right back. What happened between DeMontis Sabonis and Draymond Green, that's just a product of Sacramento answering the call. They're not going to be punked. They're not going to be the new kids on the block. They're going to fight back. And it is physical. It is about physicality. It is about throwing your weight around. It is about doing all these things. The teams that are going to win these games are the teams that rebound really well. They're the teams that get to that loose ball, that win those 50-50 balls, that win those extra possessions, that hit first, to be perfectly honest. Not in a fouling way, but they hit first. And that's who's winning in these playoffs still. This truth that physicality matters is a big deal. Now, again, maybe this is something we need to explore more with the Magic, but I think that is a huge issue for the Orlando Magic. That's something I am personally very concerned about with this Magic team. They are not a naturally physical team. They are a tall team. They are a long team. But I often say they're not a big team. Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner are power forwards, but stretch forwards. They're not real They're real forwards. And look, Paolo Bancaro is a hit-first guy. On offense, he's going to hit you first. He's going to draw contact. He's going to get to the foul line. That's one of his greatest strengths. But defensively, it clearly took a lot of effort and focus for him to be a better rebounder. He would go through stretches where he was really struggling with his rebounding, and you would have to see him really click in and focus in on it. Wendell Carter, I think, is a tough dude. I think he is not going to take guff from nobody, but he's also a bit of an undersized center, and so he 
gets bustled around a little bit sometimes, and he too needs to be more focused on, on his rebounding and, and his toughness on the interior. It's, it, it's something that comes and goes. It's not consistent. That's something, of course, this team can learn and continue to improve on, so I'm not so concerned about it, but physicality is definitely a thing that I think this team has to work on. You know, like, Marco Fultz, I, I've joked with Kobe Price that I think Marco Fultz might have the might have replaced Kyle Lowry with the with the strongest butt in the NBA. Um, to which Kobe replied to me, "No, it's Drew Holiday." To which I agree. Um, but Marco Fultz knows how to use his body really well to create contact and be physical and be kind of a dominant physical physical person. But we've never seen this Magic team in the playoffs yet. And so something that I am thinking about, you know, Jalen Suggs is a great example. He is a physical defender. He will get into you. He is not afraid to throw a foul away to let you know that he exists, that he is going to be in your grill. I don't think it's a surprise that Jalen Suggs got at least one vote in that athletic poll uh, on toughest defenders. He is gonna. He is getting some respect. He, he everyone knows that he is a tough defender, and 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 again, he's got to grow parts of other parts of his game to make to to make that more valuable. But this team is gonna have to find that physicality to be successful ultimately in the playoffs. Um, you know, because they're going to get punched in the mouth. That first playoff game, whenever they play that first playoff game, they're going to get punched in the mouth. I don't care if they're the tire seed or the lower seed. They're going to get punched in the mouth, and, and we don't quite know yet how this team's going to respond to that. That's going to be the ultimate question for this team as they start winning more, is what happens when teams try to get under their skin physically. That's what the playoffs are all about, and that's what we're seeing play out here. Let's do our uh, daily lottery spin here, as as we're doing doing now, all the way up until the lottery day. And you know, not a you know this spin. I like I like sharing this spin because this is essentially what's probably going to happen. Um, in our lottery spin today, Washington earns the first pick, Portland is second, uh, Detroit is third, Charlotte fourth. You know, I'm not here to analyze what what those teams would do. We'll do mock, I'll post a mock draft um, coming up here. Probably I'm going to try to do that tomorrow or Friday, but. Um, Orlando, but like this is a scenario that is very, very likely to happen. The Magic are likely to drop one spot. That is the most likely outcome in any draft lottery is that you drop one spot. Um, so Orlando landing at seven is probably what's going to happen. Seven and 11 are, pro- are the two most likely picks the Magic are going to have in this year's draft. And again, we've talked a little bit about what the Magic's draft strategy should be. I think with seven, seven, uh, I think uh, I, I mentioned this to Stephen Cameron on the Close Up Magic. My goal on draft night, um, regardless of whether it's a draft pick or through a trade, my goal on draft night is I need to come away with a shooter. So whether you're drafting Grady Dick at 7 and then going at 11 to draft a Derek Lively or Bryce Sensabaugh or, 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 or someone someone else there, or you're sitting at 7 and you say, let's go get Cam Whitmore, let's take care of that here, let's go get a Taylor, uh, a Taylor, uh, a, a Tyler, Taylor Hendricks, uh, from UCF, let's get him at seven, and then at eleven, we'll take Jordan. We'll take Jordan Hawkins. We'll take uh, Keontae George, perhaps. You know, again, Keontae George, I think, is a decent shooter. I think he's better. I think he's a better shooter than than his stats would suggest. You know, I'd even be open to maybe taking Anthony Black, although he is not a shooter. Um, getting a shooter, getting a, a player who is going to be your essentially your role is he makes shots. That's going to be absolutely key coming out of this draft, in my opinion. That is the biggest need that this team has. And the biggest thing I think this team can accomplish on draft night. So seven and eleven is is the most likely place the match can land. I named a bunch of names. There are going to be options there. I I, I really think that's the most important thing to take away at this juncture. Um, I'm you know locked on Jazz did a thing about this year's draft about saying uh, is um, is 
Victor Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, and, and to some extent Brandon Miller uh, hiding that this draft class isn't very good. Uh, I would honestly say that it that that might, there might be some truth to that. Um, you know, I am not you know like right after where the Magic are picking is when I think the draft really starts to fall off, and there's a lot of guys that I am not interested in, in whatsoever. There are a lot of guys in the area where the Magic are drafting that are really flawed. Um, we did the one where the Magic draft, drafted fourth, and fourth is really interesting because, you know, do you go with the Thompson Twins? You know, they're really flawed players who have a lot of mystery behind them, but they're, you know, the highest upside players in this draft. You absolutely, I think, take one of them if you're drafting at four or five, but the question then becomes, okay, how does that, how do, how do, how do the dominoes fall after that? Because, you know, Grady Dick, I think, is a really good shooter, but, you know, he's not going to be the greatest defender and he's not going to be able to do much more than shoot. So, you know, you're really investing heavily in that skill, panning out, which again, looks like it will, which is why he's going to go pretty high in this draft. Those are a lot of the questions you have to think about when you're playing the draft game, when you're going through these scenarios and there's going to be someone that surprises everybody. But this is a, this is a really, this isn't an exciting draft class to say the least. I, I don't think the Magic are necessarily going to be getting or be guaranteed to get a, 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 a great player even with the good draft picks that they have. But that's that. We're going to keep doing this spin. We'll keep talking about these things. I'll probably repeat a lot of these same points until we get to lottery day. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, tune in the Himway, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the public signal podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, whether we're your first listen, whether you listen to us at some point during the day, right when we upload, whenever. We truly appreciate you listening to Locked On Magic. If you're an everydayer, if you listen to us every day, we thank you a ton for doing that. Um, And we'll let you know that tomorrow's episode, we're going to play some playoff what if. We're going to talk about X factors for the Magic if they had made the playoffs and maybe some guys that wouldn't help that are currently in the rotation uh, in the postseason. We're going to get to that on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this is Phil Frost. We'll see you next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.